Welcome to Deep Dose. This is a channeled conversation in the self-healing practice of deeper contemplation. As a non-binary being, we use the self-affirming pronouns they, them, and we. Thank you so much for your presence and joining the ride. There's a contemplation very present about coercion, this behavior that we call coercion. Coercion is an act of convincing, typically used as an act of manipulation. You are manipulating someone to believe something or do something that is not something of their own desire. If someone was willing to do it, they wouldn't have to be coerced into doing it. They wouldn't have to be convinced into doing it. Perhaps this conversation around coercion is coming forward as there is continued expansion into advocacy for those born into a womb body who either know themselves as woman or assign themselves as woman. And how does coercion connect? Having lived under the assignment of woman, it was something that was often experienced by men. There's even certain social conversations where men will even pride themselves on how they are able to coerce women into doing things. Some have even associated it with the act of like the hunt. You know, you're going out to get some girls, going out to get some, and how do you get it? And that there is this mechanism operating that has let men believe that there's something powerful about themselves when they are able to coerce, when they are able to convince. And why we are in a conversation about what no means. And it's almost to see that in the very moment that a man would approach a woman to get some, and that when that woman says no, when that woman shows uncertainty, when that woman may actually show signs of being uncomfortable, resistance in some way, the act is not to then just walk away and maybe just go find someone who doesn't need to be coerced that their natural desire is to be with you or talk to you or go on a date with you or sleep with you, take a drink from you. There isn't any conversation like, oh, come on, come on, come on. In that moment, what begins to happen is an exchange, an emotional, intellectual, energetic, and physical level exchange happening where one body is using their capacities in order to control another body. Instead of just seeing that other body as sovereign and honoring of that body, part of this contemplation was asking, why is that? Why is that a thing in men? Knowing that there is a demonstration of this behavior on a spectrum on one end, you would have someone like Harvey Weinstein, who uses 
manipulation to such a degree and coercion to such a degree that it would lead to physical assault. And say on another end of the spectrum, it's just someone at work that keeps asking you out, even though you said no, no thanks, and then tries again. No, no thanks. It's the workplace, so maybe you're trying to be polite. Why would that behavior be? Obviously, there's many layers of a psyche that actually build a behavior. It's just a matter of imagining all of those layers as something to, let's say, unpack. Examining each one until you get to the bottom of it. The root of the belief that influences the behavior. If we just take a moment to go to the root of it. A belief system would have to be in place that one body is in service to another body. One body can be controlled by another body. And that in and of itself is the structure of patriarchy. That one body is above or in command of another body. And within patriarchy, that body is male. It is a dysfunction of the psyche. Now, if you are of another body that is not male, and if you hold the body that you were born in, but know yourself as woman, or anything in between, anything on the spectrum that does not identify with heterosexual male, does not identify with patriarchy, but yet born into it, taught it, rarely shown any other way from the very beginning being programmed into the psyche that that is just what it is and there is no other way so since you are here in order for it to operate you must follow this dysfunction of the psyche and that is what leads to the dysfunction of the psyche in the other bodies Coercion only works on minds that believe that somehow they are in jeopardy if they do not do what the coercer, what that person says or wants or demands. Living from a place of dysmorphia. To give this context, we'll offer personal experience. There were countless experiences in the last few decades of our life where these encounters happened on the regular. Most commonly would be out in social settings, going out with friends, bars, clubs, environments where this idea of going out and getting some was a very common practice. And operating under this dysmorphia and a few other layers of the psyche that were yet to be unpacked at that time was a misunderstanding that we needed to be out there to please. We were there to please others. And so oftentimes the communication around not wanting to dance, not wanting to talk, or not wanting to take a drink, maybe just not feeling the vibe not interested in accepting the advances. And so that was met with politeness. 
Now, one of the reasons why everything was met with politeness and from place of pleasing is because a embedded fear of being what is called a bitch. And the reason why that fear is embedded is because men don't like women who are bitches or people in generally don't like women who are bitches. And that rejecting someone's advance in a way that was perhaps not so polite, there was a fear of being seen as a bitch. That fear deeply associated with a certain level of survival as part of the narrative in the patriarchy is that men are needed for survival. The threat to one's survival is a very powerful belief in the mind. Innately, a human body, just like any other species animated on this planet, has a survival mechanism. And that is what is being manipulated. Because some believe that they're going to go out and get some, and they'll take it if they have to. But it's something that they're entitled to. So when you are in an act of trying to get some, and you're operating under these belief systems, and the person in which you are trying to get some from politely says no. It is an act of manipulation and entitlement to then continue in that conversation to coerce that person to share a brief story. It was Halloween one year. It was late into the night. So at that point, a lot of overdrinking had occurred and was with a few friends at a bar, standing there talking to some friends. And we were actually standing right at the bar and remember leaning on it. And this very drunk man came over and started to compliment our Halloween costume. But very clearly seeing that this person was not our vibe and intoxicated, we just politely said, thank you. Said, have a good night and turn back to talk to our friends. And here's where the dysmorphia starts to play in. Because this man was operating under the system that he had a right to stand there and continue the conversation, even though it was very politely rejected. And he continued to go on and on about our Halloween costume, and then started to make a few comments about our appearance and how it pleased him and just smiled oh okay again thank you but certainly not welcoming any further advances not showing any curiosity or interest or enthusiasm about continuing the conversation and what was interesting is that it was actually somehow the opposite effect because perhaps this person now is operating under that notion that he's some sort of hunter on the hunt and you have to be clever and cunning and convince. Most of the examples in nature show that a prey doesn't willingly stand there in front of a known predator. The dynamic between a predator and prey leads to a chase leads to one trying to get the other and the other trying to avoid but instinctually 
the predator will pursue until it truly has to give up in some way or it reaches its prey. And so this predatory instinct kicked in inside this man and instead he decided to get closer physically and he was larger in body. Now somehow thinking that that physical pressure, that prowess of physicality that's now being more demonstrated by advancing and getting closer continued to be somehow part of the coercion. And our instincts in our body were now going off. Our alarm systems, the safety of our body, now feeling very uncomfortable. And recalling the memory, what felt like a flash, that he said, you're just so cute, I could pick you up. And we looked at him and we said, no, don't do that. And in a flash, he did it. He lunged forward, wrapped his arms around our thighs, grabbed us and picked us up to literally hurl us over his shoulder. And what happened is that when we reacted and pulled our body back away from him as he was lifting our body up into the air and because he was intoxicated and he did not have his balance he fell forward and we hit front of the bar with our back and went flying over on the other side of the bar and into the shelves and bottles on the other side and it happened so fast that even the people around us didn't have time to react until we were both crashed out onto the floor and there were some people who saw what happened. And so that man was picked up off the floor and taken out of the establishment. And others came over and the staff like helped us get up, check for cuts and broken glasses, friends coming over, see if we were okay. Now that year, by the divine guidance of the goddess, our Halloween costume was a Denver Bronco football player. And this costume was taken very seriously to the extent that we literally had pads on, shoulder pads. And we know to this day that those shoulder pads seriously protected our body, protected our neck and our back. And though bruised and hurting, there was no serious injury and there definitely could have been. However, the emotional mental and energetic impact of that encounter was traumatic. It is clearly something we will never forget. And the reason why we will not forget it is so that we can learn and grow and protect ourselves. And it was not long after that, that we got back into kickboxing as a regular activity. All this to say, as a lived experience, of the level of danger for this dementia, this dysmorphia of the psyche that is inherent in patriarchy. So let's talk about one simple step that we can collectively do to dismantle the patriarchy. And that is to end the debate 
that there is somehow still a misunderstanding about what the word no means and a misunderstanding around what consent means. And the way to show up in this is that if you pursue someone and that person says no, that you say, okay, and leave, that's it. And if you are on the other side of that conversation and you give your no, and know that it only needs to be given one time. You do not need to make space for coercion. And so if your no is not heard, an act of self-devotion is to exit from that situation immediately. That may look like many different scenarios. It's your own personal experience. Some may choose to just walk away and go someplace else. And some may choose that they don't actually need to walk away, that they can actually remain where they are and that the other person can just excuse themselves. And that if your no is not being heard, then you may just need to say it louder and with energy behind it so that it is more deeply understood because that doesn't make you look like a bitch. It makes the other person look like a predator. What would happen if we uprooted coercion or we would minimize the situation where one body could manipulate the other body? What would happen if we started taking that out of our interactions as a collective? Thank you so much for being in this contemplation with us. This is Deep Dose and we are Eden.